Good morning. Today we have with us Dr. Janice Hughes. Dr. Janice Hughes is a leader, a teacher, an author, and a coach. Thousands of professionals worldwide. Her unique style of leadership has represented an extraordinary value asset to those whose lives she has touched. Janice's blend of intuition, practicality, and incredible focus has made her a role model for all professional women. It is those same skill sets which she has translated into her key role in the new venture, CureMark LLC. As a director of investments for CureMark, she has had the great fortune to work for one of the most cutting edge companies in the US. CureMark is a startup biotechnology company which has matured into a major force in the area of autism and other neurological disorders where there is an unmet healthcare need. Janice brings to her new work a sense of urgency for the children with autism, as well as the ability to work in an environment where convention meets unconvention at the crossroads where health, science, and humanity are met. Her work at CureMark underscores her life and that anything is possible. No is only a two-letter word. Good leadership and a great idea, one can absolutely change the world. Janice is married to her husband, David Boynton, with three children and lives with her family in Boulder, Colorado. Her unique work also includes establishing 30 clinical trial sites across the United States for an FDA-approved phase three clinical trial on autism. Director of Investors at Caremark with closing over 100 million in investments, all private funding, the current open of 150 million. Janice has been known for her speaking engagements, her business and executive coaching, as well as her financial coaching. She is now coming back, and we're gonna to talk to her today about her new online program. Good morning. Good morning, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Um, Janice, you and, I, you and I spoke a while back, but I told you that I had you in my car for years, and it was like you were writing with me, and I was listening to all of your CDs, and I am um, over and over and over and over. Anybody who got in my car was like, oh my God, again. And, uh, and then your 28 Laws of Chiropractic Attractability, which I pulled out and was showing my husband last night. And he's like, wow, this is really, you know, this is really cool. I go, I lived by this stuff. This was like, you know, I was, I had had a practice and I've been practicing as a chiropractor for 17 years. And that was my like eat, breathe, sleep. So this is such an honor today. Thank you so very much. Um, like, you know, I look up to you huge. And I would just love to just start with your journey into chiropractic and as you stepped out and as you're coming back. So if you would share with us, you're welcome. Sure, I'd love to. You know, it's kind of funny. I, I tease a lot about, you know, I sort of took the slow boat to China. I um, really started my background as a, as a microbiologist and immunologist and was one of those people headed into the very traditional system, headed into medical school. And myself got injured and exposed to chiropractic. And the difference, you know, my traditional medical system was talking about bed rest. And, you know, for me, going to a chiropractor was like that aha moment because basically in three visits, you know, I had this really, for me at the time as a young woman, a life altering change. And, you know, that really showed me the power of chiropractic and really intuitively, you know, shifted or switched into chiropractic, which is a much more vitalistic form of healthcare. And through that, 
then, you know, really brought that blend of things into my own practice, you know, that there was a role, a time and a place for, you know, that, that healthcare, that emergency health, healthcare, um, but that I was really trying to address or focus on wellness almost, almost before that was fairly common. You know, now we all know that, you know, where we all look for that. And it was sort of at a time in the world that that was new for a lot of people. And it created a lot of unique opportunities. And, and so I really, through my practice, was able to see so much about healthcare and well-being. And so started naturally speaking and teaching. And that's where the original speaking came from you know, was being asked to speak about what we did and healthcare and the model that we had created. And so fast track, you know, eventually that pulled me into more speaking and teaching within my own profession. And probably one of the richest or, you know, I'm going to say most gratifying stages of my career was speaking to thousands of chiropractors, coaching chiropractors. I had trained also as a personal and professional coach. You know, I wanted to not be part of sort of just a management style that told people what to do or how to do it. But I really wanted to coach people and bring more out of them. And, you know, how could we take some of those practice building concepts or business building concepts and have them be more impactful for people? And so through all of that, you know, it's interesting as you speak, as you grow. And, and the, the key for me is that I was always being coached. You know, I was open, I was coachable, and I had a lot of those coaches talking about, well, you know, again, how do you bring more out of yourself? And that's where then I was exposed, and a really dear friend of mine had a unique discovery working with kids with autism, and began to help her and move into that phase of my career, basically helping her take something from a clinical environment and create a biotech company. And what it takes to do that and the leadership that it takes to do that and the, you know, business and creativity. And, you know, so, so she pulled me into roles, being a director of investors, you know, doing things in the world, raising money, you know, things that it was one thing for me to have this great money consciousness about people paying for my services as a practitioner, but then to go out and begin to ask people for millions of dollars or to support our ideas, it really forced me to practice what I preached. It really forced me to become open and coachable to changing and growing my money mindset. And so through that project and through the, you know, fabulous roles I've been able to play now as it's not like the company's done, but my role has shifted and I'm an investor in the company, but now I'm taking a look at the next stages of my career or what are some of the projects and things I'd love to, to be involved with. And that's where for me, being a natural coach, kind of coming back to working with chiropractors and businesswomen and entrepreneurs, helping them, hopefully through sharing some of my concepts and learning, really pull more out of them and help them on their journeys. What would you say was one of your biggest takeaways when you had to learn how to go ask investors to invest millions of dollars into a project? Where did you even begin? And how did you grow your money mindset to yes, it's just zeros, but how do you become comfortable 
with obviously you had a huge passion in order to to do that but how did you grow into that to be able to go to investors and ask them for that amount of money it's a great question because it it just starts with the same success principles or the same things that I know some of your other, you know, recordings that I've listened to people highlighting, you know, success leaves clues and, you know, so affirmations, you know, working on my own consciousness around it just being zeros. And, you know, one of the things that I did early on as I was focused at first on where will the first five million come from? Not how are we going to deal with a hundred million or more, but where, how would the first piece of that happen? And so that, that's really, I, I call it chunking things down. You know, it's kind of, how do you eat an elephant? You know, it's one piece at a time. So the first real principle that I, that I had to focus on was just that. What's the bite-sized piece? And that bite-sized piece meant that we could either take a look at that could be one investor that was going to put in five million, or that could be five investors putting in a million. And as soon as I began to break it down like that, I sort of went, wow, like it is just about talking to people and it is just about connecting to that passion and sharing what was so unique about what we were doing. And then how could they be part of that? So it was inspiring in them, sharing our story, but inspiring it in, in them or within them that they could be a part of that or they could help to make that difference. So whether it's a product or a service, you know, it's still, how do you take the big goal and break that down? And then how do you, say, use affirmations? You know, anybody that, um, is listening that isn't clear on, say, what an affirmation is, it's really just a power statement. You know, it's telling yourself something as if you're in that new energy. You know, so it might be something as simple as, I am a money magnet. You know, money flows to me. I, you know, attract money. I mean, whatever language begins to help you step into that new energy. And blending that then with some concrete actions. I'm a really big advocate as a coach that it's not even just enough to think about something. You have to now take action on that. So for me, it was then, how did I research? Who did I search out? Where did I look for people that would be interested in that story? You know, and it's a different world. It's not something that you start just publishing out there on social media. And part of that is because you know, with any new business or startup, depends on the product or service industry you're in. For us, we were, you know, again, part of a science FDA controlled studies. You know, you don't launch those things out there. So we had to get creative, even with the way technology is now, we had to get creative about where or how we expose those ideas. So, you know, the big thing for me was, you know, just like you're describing that, you know, you have to start somewhere. And how do you use those principles so that you're breaking it down? And my favorite statement is, what is your next simplest action step? So what could I do every day that I got up? What could I think? How could I focus on this new energy? How could I have a goal for that day that was so simple and tangible that it helped me just pick up the phone? 
or it helped me figure out who to connect with. And then I just had to be really coachable. I went to experts and I just said, here's who I am. I'm new into this. You know, I need your help. How can you help me learn? And it was amazing the people that just opened up their, their doors to me, would have lunch with me, were willing to talk about it. So I am so grateful for mentors and coaches, not just in my previous life, practitioner-wise or speaking-wise, but those same principles applied out in the money world that people were really willing to step up and, and help me. So I'm very grateful for that. What do you talk to people today, especially possibly new startups or people who have been in business for a while and they're in a mindset that is fear, doubt, worry-based? How do they get and pull themselves out of that and bring themselves to a more powerful mindset? Well, I think it's important to know that the quality of your life is based on the quality and caliber of the questions you ask yourself. So even asking yourself, will worrying about this change anything? Will the worry energy, and if you think about it, that almost creates this negative spiral or this frenetic energy that just starts to block us. So part of that is, well, what's my next simplest action step to be in a more inspired energy? You know, and sometimes that's walking out of your office and going for a walk or getting out of that environment that's creating that worry. And, you know, a really powerful distinction is the difference between the word worry versus the word concern. You could be more concerned. You know, I have three sons, and there is many stages that if I let myself lay awake at night worrying about where they were and what was going on, you know, that wasn't serving anything. You know, I could be concerned, or I could put a little bit of that concern into, okay, how do I focus on, on them being happy and healthy and safe? But the worry, like, that's just depleting myself. And so whether that's about money, whether that's about your business, you know, you're just not coming from a very inspired place when you're in that more negative worry. So you could be concerned about where is my next sale coming from. But then if you start to ask yourself, well, what are my simple actions to take today? How could I focus on those? How do I stop thinking about the bigger picture and where my bank you know, balance or statement is going to be at the end of the month or at the end of the year? What can I just focus on now? And, and that is such a, an empowering thing to change from that fear, which is all about the future. And most of us either spend such a high percentage of our time in our past or in the future. And if you can using more empowered questions or asking yourself better questions, get yourself back in the present, that's where we really live and that's where your business is gonna grow. That's where things are gonna change for you. So it's really identifying that that fear is about so much future oriented or well in the past this is what happened and so now that's going to happen forever. You know, wait a minute, who, who taught us that? 
So I think it's really important that people recognize it's asking yourself more powerful questions, things that are going to keep you in the here and now with your business so that you can figure out some action steps to take. What do you tell the doctor or even the business owner who you have a small business, they've been in it for 15, 20 years, they're paying their mortgage, they're paying their bills, but they're almost like they're an employee to their office, but if they don't show up, their bills don't get paid, they haven't created an exit strategy for how to step out of that practice and they're concerned their kids are gonna to go to college, maybe they haven't necessarily planned or put enough aside what would be some of those steps as to getting started? That's a really consistent challenge or problem for chiropractors, health practitioners, business people. You know, that what we've done is we've exchanged our time or exchanged our energy for a paycheck. And you're right, like there's a, a level of success that comes with that, but yet. You can't keep doing the same things and expect a different outcome. Now, often you don't have the clarity of what are the different questions to ask myself or what are the different systems to put into place. And that's really the power of, of being coached and, and usually by a professional coach, a business coach, an entrepreneurial coach, someone that can help move you out of more that technician mode into looking at the business differently. So the first thing, because not everyone then can, can say have the finances or income or the coachability, willingness to learn to hire a coach. So if somebody's in that place, the first thing they can do is recognize, how could I set some time every week where I am working on the business and not just in the business? And so that may be setting 30 minutes or 60 minutes and then beginning to say, well, how am I going to grow the business person within me? Not how do I grow the practitioner or healthcare wise, because you and I both come from the chiropractic background. A lot of times chiropractors are going to other seminars for techniques and that's phenomenal to add to your toolbox to be able to help people. But if that's all we're doing to grow ourselves, you know, it's time to take a look at where and how do I grow the business person within me. And so it might be in that 30 minutes or 60 minutes that you take a look at leadership, leadership development, you know, online resources. There are amazing people out there that have great videos and tools and learning that you can be making some of those distinctions. How could I be a better leader to my team? So for example, you don't necessarily need to hire new people right away. How do you better groom the people you have? You know, for me, it was realizing that as I was doing some of those basic educational classes within my practice, how could I groom someone on my team to do that part so that I could be doing some other business development you know, again, different people where you've got a certain level within your business, whether that's a practice or a business, you know, growing your team is now going to grow the business. How do you attract other people to help you? You know, you might not have any expertise in social media. And I'm all about 
taking the time to learn new skills, but is that also the best use of your time? Could you hire someone that loves that and is so good at that and gets way more results than you're going to get, you know, and those things that will then grow the business, you know, and also just mentorship, you know, bring other young doctors or business people into the business, you know, grow and groom them and then start to watch what happens to the business. So you're right that the challenge is you can't just keep doing what you've been doing and expect a different outcome. And the good news is a lot of people begin to recognize it if they don't have an exit strategy. How do I begin to work with someone who is really good at helping people build an exit strategy? And the hard part for me as I went out into the world to do money raising and other types of businesses, I really, prior to that, had this fabulous network within chiropractic. But what I quickly learned and what concerned me is that a lot of chiropractors could not afford to invest in us. And based on that, it showed me that the reason that a lot of people aren't transitioning or having an exit strategy is they don't have the finances behind them to think that it's possible to get out. And I don't say that because I think that we all leave. Like the power comes if you set up your business and are so well cared for, not only short term, but in the long term, and then guess what? You just love what you do even more, or you've got the flexibility to take the time off and to do the things to build the life that you want. And then guess what? Chances are you don't leave that or you do a different version of that, or you still practice a few days a week in the, those kinds of new models. So I think that it's important for people to realize when I'm talking about an exit strategy, I just mean that if you get your finances in place and, and are coached or can put a plan together, it creates so much freedom that chances are you're still going to want to be doing some of that, but you've just got a lot more flexibility while you're doing it. It's crazy because I've also, I'm a chiropractor and I've been a chiropractor for 17 years. And I can go vacation with some people and talk to them. Some who are doctors that have no idea what their overhead is, have maybe no idea what they brought in for the week or what they brought in for the month or what they brought in last year, or even comparing what their stats are or knowing, well, how, how to project it out for the next 12 months or five years or 10 years or maybe 50 years. Um, just recently, my uncle has an MBA and I'm sitting with him and he's having me create a hundred year plan. And at first I thought he was crazy. I thought, Oh my God, a hundred years. I don't even know. And he goes, you have to know. And you yeah. have to learn it. And um, so it was almost as painful for me as it was for me to get him to drink a green drink. Um, yeah. But how do you work with someone, you know, that has maybe never even, you know, they don't even know their numbers and teaching them to, and, and, and even as your own, how you live your own life, how far out would you say they should know their numbers? Should it just, you know, some would say maybe for tomorrow, my God, um, but hopefully it's out years. But what are your thoughts on that? 
I think it's the exact same principles we've been talking about. You have to start somewhere. And so for some people that their brain shut off when you said planning for a hundred years, you know, it's, it's like for many people that is just way too big a jump, you know, so it's really starting simple. You know, a lot of people are in denial. So one of the principles, so as I had mentioned offline that, you know, I've taken some of the financial concepts and I'm putting it into an online course. And one of the things years ago, um, 15 years ago, I co-authored a book, which was a coaching approach to money. And our principle number two is exactly what you described, that it's know your numbers. And it might be just starting with your numbers in your business today, your numbers that relate to what is your home overhead. It's one thing many people don't know their business overhead. Many people don't know their home overhead. And there's differences between what's called your basic, you know, sort of fixed costs versus your discretionary income. And all of that is fair game. You know, I am not one of the kinds of people that says do without, you know, do without things that you love. You know, the problem is most of us are not even really clear on what we love. So one of the principles I also talk about is learning what matters to you. What are your values? And then making sure that you plan out so that you are using dollars for those things, but maybe cutting costs or expenses in another area. So let me give a personal example. I love to travel, love to travel early in my life, before chiropractic, before all these other businesses that I did. And so what I recognized very early is that was of such high value that I would rather put dollars into that, into planning. So literally created a separate bank account that dollars went into that so that I built and could never then say to myself, I don't have money to travel. And in the very beginning, my husband and I, we just made this, this verbal agreement that we didn't even buy each other anniversary gifts or Christmas gifts. We took whatever we would spend on frivolous things or things that we didn't really need, and we would just chunk that into our travel account. And so that was of such high value to me that I've built that into my life. And people used to laugh. We had our vacations planned out like two and three years in advance. And not only did we have them planned out, but we had them paid for. You know, we together, we loved to sail. And the advantage of chartering boats around the world is that you put down deposits or by the time we went on our vacation, Everything was already all paid for. So we never had to do those patterns of I go and I spend money on a vacation and I come home and I wonder how I'm going to pay for that. So now that's just because that was something that mattered to me. Some of you listening, you don't love to travel, but yet maybe it's that you love a very professional wardrobe and not just because you want the newest things, but because that helps you feel differently. It helps you vibrate at a higher level or you feel more professional. Well, then if that's something that really matters to you, start to pre-plan how to put dollars into that. So knowing your numbers, you know, it, it's also learning that 
as a chiropractor, for example, or a health practitioner, there's a lot of false numbers out there. Well, you know, I've seen this many people, or I bill this certain amount. Well, honestly, it's not about what you bill. It's about what you keep. It's also learning how do I put money into reserve so that heaven forbid anything happened to me, I do have my office expenses covered. Or, you know, it's just, it's all of those kinds of concepts. So that one principle is so rich, but it's really just the fears that, you know, stop people from taking a look at that. But if you can embrace that, and then figure out what your numbers are. First of all, I know it sounds crazy to dig into that, but the freedom that comes from that, because most people listening, if we got you really clear on your numbers or cleaned up you putting money into the things that mattered the most to you, many of you already have more than enough. Now, I'd love that we then teach you how to build more, but yet, a lot of our fears or trepidations are just because we don't know or we haven't looked at those numbers. So there's a lot of emotion around it versus, you know, it's just math. And if we can put the math down in columns or get someone to guide you through that, you know, that's why in what I call the 12 principles that we came up with for financial freedom, it's the second principle because everything else builds on top of that. So it's very foundational for people to learn to have a very different relationship with what those numbers mean. Can you tell us about your new online 90-day money mindset program? Yeah, it's, it's new. It's me launching some things out there and recognizing that um, there's a lot of great financial programs out there. I just don't see that enough of them have worked on this idea of your consciousness, your relationship with money. And the great news is if we begin to take a look at that, we can all grow that. So you might be in a position you don't have enough to cover monthly you know, expenses. Well, if we can help you with some clarity and some principles, you'll get to a place where all of a sudden you do have enough. You know, if you're already in a business and things are going well, but you've now kind of built this lifestyle versus maybe just building that life for the future planning that you were describing earlier, well, then consciousness is what's going to help you create that. If you don't have an exit strategy, changing your thinking about what you are producing and how to plan for the future, all of a sudden that's going to change the reality. So what I realized is that I want to put together this online course that's going to launch in the next couple of months and then use that also as a launch pad just for some free videos and resources about money thinking and conversations about money and short, little, succinct things. You know, this isn't, my background isn't as a financial planner and yet I was able to do a lot as a director of investors because it was about my mindset. So I really want to blend those two things and help people to understand that we already have a relationship with money. Whether we're aware of it or not, we already have a relationship with it. And then if we can work and begin to upgrade that, you know, clean that up and shift some of our consciousness, 
then just watch the, the things that you start to attract and create in your life. Years ago, years ago, you used to have this 28 laws of chiropractic attractability. Tell me about that. Oh, that's some of my passion work. That's some of the, the projects and pieces that I love the most, where the scientist in me is literally always looking for studying quantum physics or um, kind of the science behind this idea about attractability. And then blending that with my background as a coach, I was really fortunate that I was trained by a really unique coach who, who kind of coined the coaching industry or the word coach. And so a project that he had me work on was these concepts around how to teach those principles to people or how to teach people to attract new and next things into their life. And that, that's where the 28 Laws of Chiropractic Attractability birthed from. And so the, the stage work that I used to do was a lot about teaching people, helping their left brain understand this wasn't just an esoteric concept, it's based in quantum physics. And then there are some categories and there are some things that you can work on every day. So as an example, the 28 laws, there's basically seven categories. And then there's multiple laws or exercises in each of those categories. So it was really based on that idea of what can people do now and what can people work on and what are some simple things. And so that's where that project stemmed from, you know, was taking this idea of science and quantum physics and blending that with the concepts around attractability. And for people listening, the best way I can describe it is that Everything in your life currently, you have attracted. And it's based on your thinking and the action steps and the life experiences that you've had. Now, the same thing is that to attract more or different, many people sort of go, well, you know what, I'm in a good place, but I still want to grow. You know, other people listening go, wait a minute, I don't even like where I'm at. You know, and so that's moving a little bit you know, because you're in a painful situation. But even if you're in a good situation, many of us go, wait a minute, I do want to grow and I do want to attract more. So what are the ways to do that? So this is, it's a program that features the philosophy or the consciousness, but then it blends it with tools and exercises and action steps so that you can begin to attract more into your life. So it was definitely a passion project. I love it. I love it. Number 19 of the 28 Laws of Chiropractic Attractability, get your personal needs met once and for all. I love that one. Yeah. And so for people listening, what that's about is that we all have different needs. And the best way to describe it as humans, we have the need for water. We have the, the need for nutrition, for some kind of shelter. You know, most of us aren't going to survive very well without some kind of shelter protecting us. But it's beyond that. It's 
just as an example, many people, especially if you've spent years in school, you know, you have a need for respect. And sometimes you're aware of it and sometimes you aren't. But what happens is many times we search in our interactions with people to feel respected or to have them think, oh, you know a lot or you're so educated. And if we're not careful, now we're trying to get our own need met instead of being really present in a conversation with people. Whereas if you can identify that, if you or I have a need to be respected and we get clear on that, we can already figure out in our life where to have that need fulfilled so that we're not searching for it now in every interaction or conversation we're having. So the needs, you know, it, it's funny. I worked with a fabulous coach and he helped me identify that something that really matters to me is random acts of kindness in my life, or we equated it to random flowers. And flowers are something that are just so wonderful for me. Like it's their nature, but they're bright and they're, they smell great and there's a great energy to them. And so instead of waiting for those random flowers to be given to me, or it didn't have the same impact for me in my life if I had those given to me for my birthday. And it didn't mean that I wasn't grateful, it's just that that would have a bit of impact. But what I realized is the random flowers totally transformed me. So in realizing that, this coach helped me learn to create the language and the conversation to talk to my husband about why and how much that mattered to me. And it sounds crazy, and I won't work you through all the steps I had to go to, because part of me was like, I'm going to tell my husband I want him to give me flowers. And this coach was like, well, wait a minute, you're not saying give me flowers now. You're learning to say, this is something that matters to me. I have a need to feel love and appreciation with those random acts. And if you get really clear on that and how much of that you need in your life, guess what? People will be happy to support you with that. So long, long process later, I literally then created where I had this conversation with my husband and said, you know, here's something that really matters to me, and this is how it makes me feel. I feel so loved when I get those random flowers. And he looked at me and he went, thank you for telling me that. And I even got so clear on how often I needed those random flowers. And so guess what I've gotten all my life is random flowers. And you know that filters through everything in your life when my middle son in particular, he brings me random flowers. And the really crazy part of it, he brings them randomly at the rate that I identified over 25 years ago that was most impactful for me. So I have never spoken to him about it. He's 21, almost 22 years old. But I literally get that also from my son in my life at the exact rhythm that I identified all those years ago. So needs, you know, values are the things that matter the most to you. And needs are usually the things you're searching for unconsciously. 
And if you can learn or have someone coach you into how to become aware enough to identify them and then have those met, it's like you stop searching for them. So it's a, it's a really, really rich category. I love that. That's so huge. If we could finish up today and there were three things that you could give our audience up to the entrepreneurs and the chiropractors that you feel are of the utmost important, what would be those three things that you would share with them? The first is that you are already enough. In fact, you are more than enough. And you don't have to keep striving and searching, you know, and just literally getting or understanding that, you know, instead of forcing or trying to, you know, sort of put so much over exertion or energy into things. You know, if you can just get that you're already enough, it's really transforming for your life. And it's transforming for your business. The second thing would be to get really clear on some goals and whether that's one year, two year, five year goals, but more importantly, work backwards then. So what does that mean today? What does that mean this week? And then allowing that to build so you can get to those goals. And the reason I think that's um, so critically important to me, there's no such thing as an unrealistic goal. There's usually only either unrealistic timelines or more often unrealistic action steps. So that's why that's number two. And then the third is get a coach. You know, have a mentor. And, and that can take so many forms. I'm not saying you always have to formalize by hiring, you know, five different coaches in your life. Although there's many times where if I wanted to make a big change, I had different coaches all at the same time for different aspects of my life. But some people listening to this might say, oh, you know, you're just talking about go hire, you know, yourself or go hire another coach. Well, wait a minute. You know, there's great books that could coach you. There's fabulous online resources. There are these online courses and programs. And, and that's what's inspiring to me. Coming back into all of this, I could put together an online course without charging a lot of money for that so that that's so much more cost-effective for people than spending $20,000 on a coach. So I think that it's really more the concept of be coachable and then find great coaches. And you can see that all over, whether it's athletics, whether it's in the business world, you know, really successful business people have amazing coaches. Fabulously successful athletes, they've got multiple coaches. So recognize, that's why I think that's the third key is be coachable and look for great coaches in your life. Where can our audience find you? There's a few places. Um, obviously, I'm sure you're going to put some, some links or some information there. Um, you can just um, go to www.dr, as in dr, janicehughes.com. And then I will, in the next few months, be launching some of the money mindset concepts. And so right now, just have a Facebook page that's money mindset, all one word. And then we'll begin to be developing that more going forward. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome.
Thank you very much.